It's time for Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the best place to go to get all your fantasy football news, analysis, and advice to dominate your league. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Week four is in the books, and man, a lot of crazy things happened. And I think the biggest thing is both New York teams won in overtime. The Jets especially surprising over the Titans. And if you're a Titans fan, you got to wonder what happened to the Titans. I started start off with Thursday night. Bengals beat the Jaguars, and you figured they'd beat the Jaguars, but the Jaguars played a lot better than I thought. You know, they're 0-4, but got me a little nervous for a while. They played a good game. Then the Chiefs kind of took care of business against the Eagles. I thought the game would be a little bit closer, and it almost was, but Eagles were going for it at the end and not making it, so I really feel like the score could have been closer. Panthers and the Cowboys, you know, Cowboys did their thing. I thought it'd be a little lower scoring than that it was, but uh, yeah, both of those teams scored a lot of points. Dak Prescott is amazing, still is amazing. Sam Darnold's their leading rusher. McCaffrey's out. Just have Sam Darnold score all the rushing touchdowns because that's what he's been doing the last couple weeks. So uh, hopefully McCaffrey's back so we can, you know, stop seeing Darnold <laughs> rush for uh, so many touchdowns. I, I never would have predicted uh, him to get as many as he has, but also, you know, it's the Panthers. The The Panthers quarterbacks, no matter who they are, seem to rush for a lot of touchdowns. Cleveland, the Vikings game, that was kind of melodramatic. I, ex- I was expecting a really high-scoring game. It didn't quite happen. It was really low-scoring. Chubb got his 100, but didn't score. And Baker Mayfield thought he was going to have a big game, and he didn't. He didn't really play very well. And uh, But the Browns still won able to hold off the Vikings, and like I said, really low-scoring game. Lions, I thought they'd represent against the Bears. Justin Fields kind of shrugged off his really bad performance. and Not that he had a great performance, but he had a running game for sure with uh, David Montgomery, although he got hurt. Bills did what they do against the Texans. Wasn't a surprise there. And then the Colts beat the Dolphins. I thought the Dolphins would have gave him a little better game with uh, Jacoby Brissett. Geo Jonathan Taylor was able to score. Mo Alley Cox got two touchdowns. What's up with that? Uh, replacing Jack Doyle. But uh, yeah, Washington football team squeaked by the Falcons. Matt Ryan had a day. I mean, Cordell Patterson had three touchdowns. It was just it was awesome to see actually the Falcons offense explode like this. But. Uh, it just is kind of defeating when you're able to score like that and still lose the game as the Washington football team was. You know, McLaurin had a beautiful catch in the end zone, and he had two touchdowns. Logan Thomas got hurt. That was kind of a blow. But, uh, yeah, Antonio Gibson was able to score. So some nice things happened there. Seahawks beat the 49ers. I thought the Niners were going to win this one, and the Seahawks prevailed. And the game was... You know, about as advertised. Uh, Elijah Mitchell didn't play again, so it was Trey Sermon, and he played well. He just didn't score a touchdown. Rams lost to the Cardinals. This was really surprising. I mean, the Cardinals 
came to play. And James Conner got two rushing touchdowns. It was one of those games where, you know, we, we kind of hype up the Rams' defense, but they got they got annihilated here. Cardinals, they're they're the only undefeated team left in the NFL, and they're legitimate. They look great. And that was a big win for them. Steelers, I don't have anything to say about the Steelers. Big Ben looks horrible. Their offensive line looks horrible. They have playmakers. They can't utilize them whatsoever with how bad both of them have been between Ben and the O-line. So the Packers, Aaron Rodgers had a, he didn't have a great game. He did okay. That Steelers defense is still okay. But with as bad as that offense is, it doesn't matter. So the Packers rolled in this one. Randall Cobb, two touchdowns. Ravens. Just, uh, I don't know, I thought the Broncos would represent here. They didn't. The Ravens trounced them. Hollywood Brown scored a touchdown. And, you know, they were running at the end. Kind of made uh, Vic Fangio angry. And, I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. You you know, Broncos lost, so Ravens can kind of do what they want. And then the uh, Sunday night game, the Buccaneers and the Patriots Buccaneers just annihilated. Well, they didn't annihilate. I, I think the big thing is with the Bucks patriots game was you're thinking Tom Brady was going to annihilate the Patriots defense, you know, kind of like a revenge tour game. And he didn't. The Patriots really held him in check most of the game, and most of the scoring was at the end. Uh, big day for tight ends. You know, John New Smith scored, Hunter Henry scored. Uh, so a lot of field goals by the Buccaneers. They weren't able to score, and uh, it came down to a missed field goal at the very end, or else you know the Patriots would be sitting here at two and two, and the Buccaneers would be sitting here at two and two. And to be honest, the Patriots deserved to win that game, but they didn't. So it's the way it goes. Now, other breaking news, like actual legitimate news: Dolphins wide receiver Will Fuller broke his finger, and he'll miss Week Five, which he just got back. He's I feel like he's just been hurt the whole season so far with the Dolphins. And that's par for the course because, you know, he finally didn't get hurt last year, but he got suspended. And now he's just continuing his pattern of just uh, spending more time in the tub than he does on, you know, in the field. Jaguars place wide receiver DJ Chark and guard AJ Can on IR. And Chark, uh, you know, he's he's been decent this year, but with that offense being so young. Marvin Jones hasn't been consistent. DJ Jark hasn't been consistent. Uh, Chanel hasn't been consistent. I think he'll be more con uh, consistent with Chark uh, going on IR, though. It's kind of big blow for that Jaguars offense. Won't be all season. Patriots defensive end Henry Anderson and Washington football team linebacker John Bostic. Both of them tore their pectoral muscles and their place on the IR, ending their season. Bears wide receiver David Montgomery avoided a big injury and only hyperextended his knee. So he'll miss a couple weeks. But Damian Williams will be in place to start. And Damian Williams is a decent running back. So they shouldn't miss too much of a beat there. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about that later. But Montgomery, huge blow. He had a great game last week, two touchdowns. And now he'll be sitting for a little bit. 49ers kicker Robbie Gold. I mean, gold is as old as gold. <laughs> Just uh, been in the league forever, it seems like. Him it's three to five weeks with a groin injury. So if you have him on your fantasy football team, time to get a new kicker. Maybe 
Robbie Gold's replacement, and I'm not sure who that is yet. But just running back Josh Adams, he cleared waivers. They were going to put him on the practice squad. But then Josh Adams did something kind of kind of brave, kind of bold. Decided, I don't want to be on the practice squad. I think I can play on a, ro- on a regular roster and uh, go somewhere where I'll have a better opportunity. So he didn't sign to the practice squad, and now he's available to be picked up by any team. And uh, especially with teams looking for running backs in, around the league, that might turn out to be a really good move. So we might be seeing Josh Adams' name pop up here in the next couple days. So there you have it, the breaking news. The NFL season is getting crazy. Like I said, one undefeated team, a lot of two and twos. This uh, is definitely a year of parody, a parody so far, and even the really bad teams don't seem that too far out of the playoff picture, especially with this extra game being played this season. So it should uh, be interesting how this unfolds. The Burke and Miz Goats of the Week. Here we go. Now it's time for our Goats of the Week. This is always a fun segment. And usually we get a couple. And this week we didn't. We only got one. And I'll get to that. Because that one was Derrick Henry. But uh, number three, Goat of the Week at quarterback, Sam Darnold. 26 out of 39 for 301 yards, threw for two touchdowns, and then uh, threw two picks, but he also had six rushes for 35 yards and rushed for two touchdowns. So we talked about how he's replacing McCaffrey, rushing the ball near the goal line. Sam Darnold is turning into a beast, especially these last couple weeks. Uh, As long as McCaffrey's out, I think Darnold's a good option. And even when McCaffrey comes back, I I think Sam Darnold is still a good option. He was one of those guys that... uh, we talked about before the season that uh, had potential to be a big uh, sleeper this year, and uh, it's starting to happen. Matt Ryan is our number two GOAT of the week versus the Washington football team. This is the Matt Ryan we've been waiting for. It was really quiet starting off, and uh, yeah, this week he just exploded and was unstoppable. And Washington football team, we you know we thought they had a good defense, but... Uh, been kind of slacking, especially, you know, letting Matt Ryan just do whatever he wanted. 25 of 42, 283 yards, four touchdowns, and he had one carry for 17 yards. But, I mean, four touchdowns, pretty impressive day. And you're like, how can that be beat? But it was by Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs quarterback, of course, at the Eagles. 24 of 30 for 278 yards and five touchdowns. He threw a pick, but uh, rushed the ball five times for 26 yards. And I mean, this isn't surprising. Mahomes can do this against anybody. And uh, just a really big week for him. Number one star, well, number one go to the week. And uh, I just don't know what to say about Mahomes at this point. Eagles defense, you know, with those injuries, they haven't been as good as what they have been. And I really feel like that defense has kind of fallen apart here. And uh, Chiefs took advantage of that, especially with their high-powered offense. Running back, Derrick Henry, number three against the Jets. 33 for 157, one touchdown. So we expected really big things from him. And maybe, I mean, it's sad to say that he was the number three go to the week. And we're still saying that uh, we're disappointed because we wanted him to be number one. But uh, still a solid day. And... uh, you know, we shouldn't be too hard on him. 
Number two, Saquon Barkley. Saquon is getting the workload again. He's easing back from his injury, and uh, I think he's back now. I mean, Saints are a tough matchup, and he, you know, was the second goat of the week. So, 13 carries, 52 yards, one touchdown. Uh, was targeted six times, had uh, five catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. Just, uh, yeah, a monster performance. Corderell Patterson is our number one goat of the week. Uh, gotta like what Cordero Patterson did versus the Washington football team. Six carries, 34 yards, and then he was targeted six times, had five catches for 82 yards and three touchdowns. So, uh, you know, he has that wide receiver running back flexibility, which is really nice. But uh, no matter where you put him in your lineup, he dominated. Number one goat of the week. We're putting him at running back. Moving on to receiver. Number three goat of the week, Terry McLaurin at the Falcons. He had was targeted 13 times, only caught six of them, so under 50%, but 123 yards, two touchdowns, had an amazing catch in the end zone the first one. So uh, good job, Terry. Definitely deserves to be one of our goats. Number two is Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayaku, he's been really quiet. Debo Samuel has not. Really, when he plays, he's been uh, top performer and the most targeted receiver by the Niners. And against the Seahawks, he was targeted 12 times, had eight catches for 156 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, Samuel had an amazing week. Tyreek Hill, though, is our number one go to the week. And uh, obviously Mahomes had to throw it to somebody. Uh, Didn't throw it to Kels as much as what everyone wanted. So Tyreek Hill, 12 targets, 11 catches, 186 yards, and three touchdowns. So overall, Tyreek Hill had, you know, the, the day that... You, you know you know he's capable of. Kind of was off to a slow start fantasy football-wise and just kind of blew it out of the water with this one. Tight end. This is a fun one because the three tight ends we, you know, most aren't even on people's roster, let alone started them. Uh, number three is Dawson Knox for the Bills versus the Texans. Targeted eight times, had five catches for 37 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, big day for Dawson Knox. And I really liked him last year. And uh, this year he's finally coming into his own, so it's good to see. Number two, Moali Cox at the Dolphins. Targeted five times, had three catches for 42 yards, two touchdowns, filling in for Jake Doyle, or Jack Doyle, sorry. And uh, Moali Cox is just a beast, and uh, he was a beast in the end zone because he got there twice. And then our number one go to the week for tight end was the Thursday game, CJ Azuma. Uh, T. Higgins was hurt, and C.J. Azuma just kind of worked that middle of the field with big plays all day long. Targeted six times, five catches, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Definitely deserving of our, our go to the week on this one. Burke and Ms. the Wiz Maltabon, Ghosts of the Week. Let's get this started. Now it's time to move to the Ghosts of the Week, and these are all the disappointing performances. And we'll move right to the quarterbacks. Number three, Tom Brady against the Patriots. We thought he was going to blow up and have a huge game because, you know, no one knows the Patriots better than Tom Brady. But uh, Bill Belichick kind of won out and held Tom Brady in check. 22 of 43, 269 yards, and, you know, rushed for three yards on four carries. Wasn't able to get it into the end zone. A lot of field goals. 
should have lost the game, actually. Ended up pulling out the victory, but overall, really disappointing day for Tom Brady. Old man Brady. Number two, Baker Mayfield against, you know, at the Vikings. We thought Baker Mayfield was going to be destined for a big game, finally. And this would be the first one. Didn't happen. 15 for 33, 155 yards, and rushed the ball twice for 11. So, you know, Baker Mayfield doesn't win you games. He doesn't, you know, I think what Baker Mayfield's done really well lately in the last couple seasons is he hasn't lost you games either. So he's, you know, he's a game manager. Let's the defense do their thing, have a strong running game. And uh, I guess, you know, we can't rely on him to have a big game even when uh, the analytics show that he should. Justin Fields, number one, ghost of the week. So he had his first victory, so we will give him that. Uh, he didn't do as bad as he did the first week where he was sacked nine times. He only threw one interception, but he didn't throw a touchdown. He was 11 for 17, 209 yards, rushed three times for nine yards. And again, they won, so he got the job done, but... Uh, it was definitely a disappointing fashion. Running back, so number three was Damian Harris. Got banged up a little bit, but came back in. He rushed the ball four times for minus four yards. Had two catches for 30 yards. So overall, just a really bad performance by Damian Harris. And just one we don't really want to talk about right now. Uh, Buccaneers have a strong run defense. Uh, we knew it was going to be tough sledding. Just not that tough sledding. Number two, Naheem Hines for the Colts was at the Dolphins. Rushed the ball twice for six yards, had two catches for five, and he had a fumble. So overall, just really disappointing day for Naheem Hines. I thought he was kind of a sleeper pick with how much the Dolphins give uh, yards up to the the running back out of the backfield, receiving-wise. And, uh, uh, yeah, Naheem Hines didn't take advantage of that. And then our number one is a Dolphin player himself, Miles Gaskins, versus the Indianapolis Colts. Rushed the ball twice for three yards, and I don't even know what the Dolphins are doing anymore. So uh, Gaskins probably should have had more opportunities and two carries in this game. Uh, and, this, you know, it was a losing effort, but uh, I don't know what they're doing with Gaskins. It's, it's a big mystery at this point, and he definitely deserves the number one ghost of the week. Uh, although... It has a lot to do with, you know, his usage when you're only getting two carries in a big game like this. Wide receiver number three, Brandon Ayuk for Seahawks. Targeted three times, had one catch for 15. So Debo Samuels got all the glory. Ayuk did not. And this is a continuing theme for this 49ers offense. Number two, Christian Kirk at the Rams. Uh, thought he'd be relevant in this one. He was not. Shut down, one target, one catch, five yards, and that was it. Uh, don't feel too bad about Christian Kirk, though, because the Rams or the Cardinals upset the Rams, and again, the only undefeated team. Then our number one is Will Fuller, Dolphins receiver versus the Colts. Two targets, one catch, six yards, got hurt, and pretty much the mantra for Will Fuller most of his career. You, you thought he might have shaken it last year, where he only got suspended, but. Uh, no, it got hurt again, so we'll see how long he's out for. And it definitely dis disappointing season so far for Will Fuller. Tight end, Pat Freermuth for the Steelers. He was at the Packers. Targeted once, had one catch for 11 yards. And I just 
the Steelers offense, I don't even know what they're trying to do. They're throwing uh, passes behind the line of scrimmage and getting negative yards on passes. And I don't even know how that's possible, but Steelers are doing it on multiple occasions. Pat Fairmouth looked like he had the potential to have a big game because of how much the Packers' defense gives up points to the tight end, and they weren't able to do it. So sticking with that same game for our number two ghost of the week, Robert Tanyan versus the Steelers. Targeted seven times, which is significant, but only had two catches for eight yards. So Steelers did a good job of shutting him down, and Robert Tanyan really had a, a disappointing week this week. And then our number one was Cole Komet versus the Lions. Lions gave up a lot of points to the tight end. You thought this might be Cole Komet's breakout. Justin Fields was throwing him the ball, so it wasn't. Three targets, one catch, six yards, and that about does it uh, for Cole Komet. Uh, I have no faith in him to really pick it up this year. Uh, right now, I think the tight ends are what they are. And uh, Fields haven't, hasn't been able to get him the ball. So we might be seeing more of Cole Komet on the Ghosts of the Week this season for sure. So there you have it, Ghosts of the Week. It's Perk and Mrs. Pickups of the Week. Let's get started. Here's the fun part of the show. This is where we do the pickups of the week. So we're going to give you our top pickups. And let's see what you think about it. Number three pickup is Drew Locke, mostly because Teddy Bridgewater is hurt. Not sure he's going to be back. This is Drew Locke's time to shine. He has weapons. Uh, I feel like he's a bigger playmaker than Teddy Bridgewater. So obviously with the game against the Steelers, Steelers have given up a lot of yards to the wide receivers. This could be could be a decent game for Drew Locke, so I definitely think he's worth picking up if you're struggling this week at the position. Number two, Mac Jones for the Patriots. I was really impressed with what I saw of him against the Buccaneers. I thought he was going to get annihilated by that defense. He was cool and collected, showed a lot of poise. Didn't you know the moment wasn't too big for him. He didn't try to do too much. Really good game manager. And uh, is really starting to come into his own. So I think now is about the time you pick him up, and he can have some pretty big games, uh, especially with some of the defenses he'll face with the uh, the Dolphins and uh, you know the Jets and in those type of games. So then our number one is Sam Darnold for the Panthers. We haven't brought him up yet, but it's time to pick him up. It's time to start him. He's playing out of his mind. And uh, that should continue even when McCaffrey comes back. So you just need to get him. If anything, he's a great backup to have, uh, and you can use him in a pinch. So definitely get him. Running backs, my number three running back is Marlon Mack. And you're like, why would I pick up a fourth-string running back for the Colts? And He's a third-string running back, so let's not get ahead of ourselves. But... The reason why I would pick him up is because the Colts are shopping him. So there's a lot of running back needy teams, and Marlon Mack is a decent running back. So he can go to a situation that will be really beneficial for him. So I would pick him up now and, you know, get the reward later for whatever team he gets traded to. It could be a prime situation where he gets a lot of carries and volume. So he basically is getting a free running back. In, the, in at least a flex type running back. Could be a number two type running back, depending on where he goes. So I would jump on him right now. But you can get him for pretty cheap because not a lot of people are thinking about him at this point. So number two is Damian Williams for the Bears. 
We all know David Montgomery's hurt. We talked about it. Hyperextended knee, so it will only be a couple weeks. But uh, Damian Williams can definitely pick up the slack the, the next couple weeks. He's a good running back and will be a good plug-and-play type of player. Uh, so recommend you getting him. And then number one is J.D. McKissick, Washington football team. Gets a lot of receiving yards. He's stolen some goal lines from Antonio Gibson. I mean, both these guys are, have been uh, relevant. And if you're a team needing a running back, J.D. McKissick's available in far too many leagues. So I would run out right now and pick him up, and he could be a guy you have for the whole year that could uh, be relevant. Moving on to wide receiver, my number three wide receiver is Quintez Cephas for the Lions. I just love him. I really do. I liked him. I've been liking him for the last couple weeks. Uh, had eight targets last. Actually, yeah, eight catches last uh, last week against the uh, Bears. Uh, Eighty-seven yards, I, I believe. Just a really big performance. And this has been happening for a couple weeks now, where he's been targeted like crazy. So I think those numbers just keep getting better. He's proven to be the best receiver in, uh, you know, best receiving option for Jared Goff. So I, I can see an influx of. Uh, of him, uh, again, getting more yards, getting more targets, and uh, that's on top of all the, the targets he's already getting. I just think the reason why people aren't talking about it or paying attention is because he plays for the Lions, but uh, he's the guy to own for this Detroit Lions team. Number two, Rashad Bateman for the Ravens. He's coming back off of IR. It's just a matter of time before he plays. That could be the number one receiver the Ravens have been waiting for. Definitely worth taking a chance on. So if he's out there in waiver wire land, definitely go pick him up. Uh, it could be a steal at this point in the season. And then number one is Jamison Crowder for the Jets. He's back. Zach Wilson is really inconsistent. Definitely is uh, matchup dependent. But uh, Jamison Crowder's always been a reliable receiver in that slot. Uh, gets touchdowns, gets a lot of targets, regardless on how good the QB is. So Jamison Crowder is my number one pickup for this week. He's finally back from injury and COVID and everything else and taking over for Braxton Berrios at that slot position. Tight end, yeah, I mean, C.J. Azuma is our number three tight end pickup. we got to mention him after the week he had last week. And as long as T. Higgins is out, I like him even more. But uh, I, uh, in the season, you, you know, you weren't really high on the Bengals tight ends. But uh, C.J. Azuma has proven that uh, he can he can do it. He can have some big games, so uh, definitely pick him up. I think it's worth it. Number two, Cameron Brait for the Buccaneers. Everyone's going to go after O.J. Howard, but I really think the Buccaneers like Cameron Brait better. You know, last year they used him quite a bit in that offense. I uh, Even when they had O.J. Howard, they used Cameron Brait quite a bit. I just think he's a better receiving option and uh, he'll get more play than O.J. Howard in the passing game. So Cameron Brait's my second tight end to pick up. Then number one, of course, is Dawson Knox. Uh, he had two touchdowns last week, but he has been getting targets from Josh Allen every week for the last couple weeks. So I just think that uh, that's going to continue. He won't get two touchdowns, of course, but uh, he'll be a decent tight end option for anyone that picks him up. So you need to run out and get him. And, uh, yeah, that about wraps up our pickups of the week. So grab one of these guys, make your team better. NFL Preview Alert. Let the games begin. 
it's going to be a big Thursday night game. Probably the best Thursday night game we've seen in a while, at least matchup-wise. Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. These are, obviously, it's NFC West football. Who doesn't love to see that? Two teams that, you know, always are exciting teams to watch. Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Bobby Trees, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Uh, you know, I'll throw Chris Carson in there, even though Alex Collins has taken some uh, some volume away from him recently. Just overall, I think it's going to be a good game. And, and they're... They both, you know, Seattle's defense has kind of fallen by the wayside. Rams' defense has been disappointing this year a little bit, but uh, they still have the potential to be good defenses, uh, you know, both of them. And I, you know, the Rams are favored by one point, and I'm just going to go with the Rams. It really is a toss-up type game. Seattle's at home, so it makes me nervous taking the Rams, but especially after losing last week to the Cardinals, handedly losing to the Cardinals, I'm going to take the Rams and think that they're, I think they're going to beat the Seahawks. Basically, with with it being a one point uh, spread, it's really a toss up. So you know, one of those teams aren't going to win by half a point. So you're really just playing the uh, who you think is going to win. The over under is fifty two point five, and I'm taking the over on this. It's Thursday night. They're always high scoring games. There's always a lot going on. There's a lot of action. I'm taking the over. Most of the games have been overs. You know, Jaguars-Bengals I thought was going to be uh, a lot lower scoring than it was, and it turned out to be kind of a you know a high-scoring game. So um, I'm going with the over on this. Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford are going to go crazy. So who do you start? Well, uh, I, you start everyone with a pulse in this game. If they have a pulse, you start them. They all have the potential to blow up and do really good things. And so the only pers- people I'm sitting are the people that are, are going to be inactive and not playing. And I really mean that. Like, I, I, going through the whole, uh, going through all the statistics on each position, uh, everyone's worth starting. Everybody. D- don't sit anybody. You know, if you have a, someone in this game, you need to play them. And I don't really say that much. I usually have a couple options uh, of people that need to sit. Well, not in this one. This is a first in the, uh, you know, Ms. the Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. A very first where I'm telling you to start everybody and to sit nobody. So we'll see how that unfolds. I'm really excited for this game. It's, it's going to be a fun one to watch. I really, am, you know, I, I kind of want to see these defenses perform up to snuff. But uh, it's going to be fun watching these offenses and, uh, just how much, I, you know, like I said, I think they're going to be going back and forth up and down the field against each other. And uh, definitely will be a, a great way to kick off the uh, Week 5 NFL uh, weekend with with a matchup like this one. Especially, like I said, NFC West football is always really fun to watch. That's our show. Thank you for listening. Ms. the Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. See you in a couple days when we preview the rest of the Week 5 NFL action. Cheers. <laughs>